Hopeless You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Shelby, something you probably don't know about me is that I'm actually 15,000 years old and have wow, been... 15,000. Okay. Yeah, doing various versions of podcasts all that time. You know, mostly <laughs> wow. just like stories around campfires. Oh, but, yeah. you know, now that technology has developed, yeah. I'm here so that's why i'm so wise one of the reasons is just that i'm so i'm so old and i have to pretend like i'm kind of dumb sometimes but i'm sure that you've (laughs) been able to see through that ruse and realize that i'm you know wise Uh, beyond the times i've I've really bought the dumb routine so good for (laughs) you how dare you how dare you (laughs) convinced me um no i'm so excited to be talking about this we're uh covering the old guard which is the new Charlize theron movie that's on netflix i had heard whispers of this coming out and then totally forgot about it until my brother-in-law rory started texting about everyone needing to watch it and i thought it was kind of gonna be like dumb like i thought it would be like like watch this bad movie like lol so bad i was really pleasantly surprised and i immediately told you that i was pulling rank and i wanted to cover this before palm springs so here we are yes we were originally gonna cover the andy samberg movie that's on hulu but probably more people watch this i don't know i had heard about palm springs early because it was at um Sundance way back when it was sold yes. for a lot of money to Hulu. This I had never heard of until you <laughs> texted me, which is strange because like it's a big Charlize Theron movie. It's on Netflix. Like I feel like I should have heard some kind of buzz on this. Yes. And I just hadn't. So I don't know if their marketing was bad, if I somehow just like missed it or what. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if their marketing was bad because this has like 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's certified fresh. It has like 70% on Metacritic, which we've been told is a much bigger deal. Um, It's number one worldwide on Netflix right now. So I think it's one of those, uh, I guess, by word of mouth victories. But um, yeah, I was a big fan. How did you feel about it? Because I I told you to watch it. I told you we were doing this before I knew how you felt about it. So let's just hear it. Um, you know, I liked it. I love, you know, I love an action movie. <laughs> um, I love uh, I love an action movie that has like some twists and some different angles on it, which mm-hmm. this definitely does. It's based on a graphic novel series, a yeah. comic book series. Um by Greg Rucka, who is also the author of the screenplay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it definitely has sort of that like Kingsman, Watchmen, uh like okay. V for Vendetta kind of vi- oh, where it's like it's a uh, it's a uh, it's not it's not like a straightforward um like action movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like stuff that comes from the graphic novel world pr- tends to be a little bit more like interesting and high concept sometimes mm-hmm. than some of the, you know, straight like superhero uh like something like Extraction for example, right. which is pretty like <laughs> okay, with just to shoot 'em up. But in watching it, I f- I felt like it was a little bit slow at parts. Like I was watching it with my aunt and uncle and cousins and they sort of started like drifting off halfway through the movie. Like they just like got up and left. And then at a certain point it was just me and my aunt left watching it. And I was like, this has to be almost done, right? Like, like this feels like it's almost (laughs) done. And we, and we pulled up the thing and it was like 55 minutes left. And I was like, what? Like what is going on? (laughs) And again, today when I was going through, you know, like the plot overview on Wikipedia and sort of like pulling my notes together for this, I was like, yeah, like this was a this was a long movie for like looking at the plot. It's not that complicated of a plot. Um, yeah, it's so yeah, character driven. I liked it, so I liked driven. it, but I didn't love it. You know, like <laughs> yeah, which is interesting because uh, a similar Netflix uh, blockbuster of the year, Extraction. You loved that movie, right? Is that yes, fair to I say? did. Yeah, which I I feel like we flipped on our responses to these movies. So 
I don't know what that says about you as a person, but let's get into it. <laughs> I mean, I've, I I think I said on the Extraction episode that one of the things I liked about Extraction was that there was hardly any plot <laughs> at all. It was like just these very fun, huge action sequences. And that movie yeah. was directed by someone who was a stunt coordinator. I think right. it was the, if I'm remembering correctly, that was a, it was the first film that he actually mm-hmm, ever directed. Mm-hmm. So it was just these huge, long, like very interesting fight sequences. that were unlike something or anything that I'd seen before in a movie and like there especially that one really long like yeah no people can go listen to that episode if they want to talk about that again but (laughs) where where this like the fight scenes were cool and I liked the plot it just felt like a little slow for me at some points yeah very interesting so this is uh uh, yeah, based on a graphic novel where the premise is there's this group of elite fighters who are, are just immortal and they've they've been around for quite a few hundred years. And so they're being targeted by a uh, big pharma company led by none other than Dudley Dursley. Yes. And uh, so they're trying to outmaneuver them. But then simultaneously, they realize that another immortal has just woken up this woman this Marine, U.S. Marine, who was killed in a sort of terrorist, I don't know, in an attack and wakes up alive again. And so then it becomes sort of this, um, they have to find her, they have to convince her this is real and train her. And so it's a Charlize Theron-led action movie, which I always love. I think she's such a good actress in these sort of roles one because you totally believe her being capable of murdering people with her bare hands she has such a physicality to her but on top of that she's just a great actress and so anything she does I'm just I love watching her on screen I think she's just brilliant and then you also have um Kiki Lane Kiki Lane yes um from If Beale Street Can Talk which she's great in that but totally different wheelhouse here oh yeah very different vibe (laughs) yeah and so she plays the new character Niall um and then you have sort of a smaller cast with the other immortals um really the only one I recognized was Marwin Kanzari who plays Joe here and he played Jafar in the more recent Aladdin. He's the hot Jafar everyone was going on about. I mercifully did yeah. not have to see that movie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then there's a couple other like recognize like recognized faces, um but not it's Charlie's Theron is the real ticket holder here. And it was also directed by Gina Prince by the Wood who has been in the industry for quite a while. She's a black filmmaker, but She's most known for Love and Basketball and then in 2015, a movie that came out, Beyond the Lights. Um, so she she picks her movies few and far between because she cares a lot about character and she wants like to elevate Black stories. And so this became a passion project for her when Skydance, the production company who purchased the rights to the property, said they really wanted a female director and they really wanted it to feel more like an action drama than just an action flick and so I think that just like scratched so many itches for me that as soon as like like five minutes into the show I was immediately like attached to these characters and I feel like that's so hard to feel in movies especially like Netflix or streaming movies where a lot of it is just like let's get to the big set pieces let's do the action scenes let's just move through these like splashy moments but I like I loved this probably because it was more concerned with its characters than it was with some sort of spicy plot or action driven sequence. That is so interesting because I <laughs> felt like it took a while to get to who the characters were. Oh. I mean, you obviously have Charlize and they're this group of people who have been fighting for forever. But I feel like all of the other characters in that group were sort of like interchangeable to me until it got halfway through the movie like (laughs) there's a there's a scene where um so two of them uh joe and nikki who are both guys they were uh like fought together i guess are against each other in the crusades Mm -hmm. and then they're immortal and so they joined this group and have since like fallen in love and have you know this like century-long romance Mm -hmm. and there's a part where they get captured together and one of them sort of gives this like very uh eloquent 
love speech about his relationship with the other one and how it's like so much more than just being boyfriends because you know they've been together for hundreds of years and in that moment i was like oh i didn't like i i don't know if we weren't supposed to know this until (laughs) this point or if i just like didn't pick up on it but this feels like a big character moment that like (laughs) is coming very late in the movie i don't know there were just a number of things where I was, uh, and I swear that I was like I, I was paying, paying attention, attention when I watched I this. <laughs> I mean, when you're first introduced to them, they're like snuggling, and then when you meet Niall, they like tell their love story about fighting and against each other, and now fighting with each other, and like, but well, it's okay. Y- you know? Yes, no, no. I I mean, I remember that part, and when they said it, I was sort of like, oh, is. <laughs> like I don't know I was just I thought like it took me a little while to figure out like who all of these characters were yeah. I did not think that it was like instantaneous because honestly one of the things that I was thinking in my mind was like Shelby's not gonna like this it's one woman and a bunch of these just dudes <laughs> and like she's gonna be like uh no go like we should have put some other people in this mix until uh Kiki Lane eventually shows up and then there's this whole other plot point where Charlize Theron's like main um sidekick early on is this asian woman who then gets Mm. locked into a seal coffin during the witch hunts and dropped in the bottom of the ocean and i was like shelby's not gonna like that they killed off you know the the (laughs) other woman in the group instead of one of these guys like you know what i'm so glad you brought this up because i think it it highlights a sort of uh important distinction it's not it's not always the um the amount of women in a film. It's the thought put behind the women in the film. And often women in movies where it is heavily male are there as props or as love interests or sort of forgettable characters that really exist for no reason except that, oh, well, we need a woman in here or we'll get some flack. But here, I think this movie, and one of the reasons I obviously loved it so much is because the characters were so interesting and all of them had like a pretty rich, interesting storyline from the gay lovers to Charlize Theron, who was never treated as sort of a a mother figure, even though she was the oldest of the group. She was never cornered into being the other handsome dudes like love interest. There was no will they, won't they, no flirty eyes. She just existed as this character who is very very tired of her job in a very relatable way where her one introduction is just I feel like I've been doing so much for centuries and accomplishing absolutely nothing and so her journey becomes one not of like superficial like I've got to go revenge this person or avenge this person or go fix this issue or save my loser like group of ragtag boys who can't help themselves it was really about her finding a will to continue to live and that introduced the new character of Niall with Kiki Palmer who who wasn't again ever used as eye candy or sort of empty vapid um, feminine representation it was like every character had an intention and every story like really resonated with me I think because it was so interesting and different than most action films because even when you have an action film like Captain Marvel or I, I guess I can't think of other female-led action films or like Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's great and I love it and it's perfect. So we don't have to bring her into this. But there's a tendency to be Red like... Sparrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a tendency where it's like you have to be hyper-masculine to succeed in a action environment or you have to be ultra sexy and feminine to show that like oh you can't rob me of this whereas in this story it really wasn't concerned with the appearance of anything or fitting some sort of box it was just Charlize Theron's character had happened to be alive for a millennia and now she's like really struggling to figure out why she's still around intermovie you know I just (laughs) really enjoyed the layers there that I don't think you get to see in a lot of action films I did. I mean, by the time we got to the movie's end, I sort of, I think, had come around to it more. And that, yes, there are like all of the characters do have these really interesting backstories that do stretch back, you know, thousands of years. And I think it makes it really interesting. And so I ended up 
liking it more than I did as I was sort of going through it, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I Yeah, I just felt like it was a little, I don't know. It, I don't know if it was like the pacing or what. I also, I mean, this is just like a weird side point, but I also, with action movies, I sort of don't love the desert uh <laughs> like war action movies oh, as much i like the I, I like an action movie that's a little bit like more splashy fun you know mm. like we're dressed up at a gala we're you know right. fighting in like weird places so the i think the realism of the you know, like they're in the Sudan, they're in uh, the Middle East, sort of in those beginning sections mm-hmm. was not as gripping to me as maybe something that, you know, starts off with like, I don't know, something right. that's more uh, glitzy. Yeah. Um. So wait, one thing, though, that I had a question about was so obviously like this group is all warrior people mm-hmm. and then kiki lane's character is also in the military like are they are these immortals like made immortal so that like for the sole reason that they can fight or is that just sort of like what they've ended up doing because i was sort of like well what happens if it's just like a random person who gets <laughs> You know, like if if I all of a sudden realize that I can't be killed, that I'm an immortal person, like there's no part of me that's going to be like, well, you know what I'm doing now? I'm going around (laughs) the world and like hunting down bad people and getting into fights and training things. I'd be like, like, no, the Twilight route and just be like, I guess I'll enroll in high school again. Like, what else do I have to do? Yeah, I just go to college (laughs) 50 different times. Yeah, I don't know the rules of the graphic novel so much. And uh, it is interesting. I'm sure. I'm sure in the sake of this world, it is that they have to be, there's something tying them to this warrior status. I also did, I also really liked the world building in this. I thought they did a good job. Honestly, I could have used more of like the flashbacky kind of stuff because I thought Mm -hmm. that was really fun. Yeah. Um, But I liked this idea that this group has basically been able to travel freely throughout history where they just go to where the conflict is and they're able to fight. Mm -hmm. And since none of them can die, they are able to, you know, save a lot of lives, blah, 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 et cetera. But then now that we're in sort of this digital age where everybody is tracked so much more that their ability to move about has been, you know, suffocated and that they're sort of now having to live in hiding and they can, they can't, take various missions because they're worried that someone's going to find out about them. Mm -hmm. And then obviously like when Dudley Dursley's character does (laughs) find out about them, it's like they're trying to kidnap them and use them for lab testing, et cetera. So I sort of, I thought that that was a really smart and interesting like way into this as this group that's for centuries been able to sort of do what they want and live freely and is now constrained within this world of technology. I, I really did like that part. Yeah, I think it is. It was sort of like, I think that's what was refreshing, right? It's like there were a ton of beats that obviously are familiar because it's an action film and the heroes have to win, right? But it still felt like it took enough fresh takes that you were like, I enjoyed the ride so much and just seeing how they sort of navigated this and just that, like, I don't know. I really think it, it, um, it's easy to get lost in the like the action films of, you know, Marvel, obviously. You do have these memorable characters, but you lose a lot of like grounded reality <laughs> and you can just do whatever because rules don't apply. Whereas here, they really did try to make sense of something that still was very fantastical. And so it was kind of like, even just this idea that eventually everything that lives eventually dies. And so these people have died in the past at some certain point, which they don't really know how to track or, or anticipate, but that itself is a new wrinkle that I wasn't really anticipating and made me very worried for Charlize Theron's character throughout the whole thing. But it also just, uh, uh, the director Prince by the wood said that they had really wanted to look at like, at these realistic action films. And she cited Logan as one of the more um, inspiring sort of stories, which is the 
um wolverine movie that was like gritty and you know (laughs) more Mm -hmm. centralized on just logan being tired and you can kind of see that echoed in this movie where it isn't like brawny like sugar-coated action heroes who are coming in and, and fighting off the devil like there's a lot of psychological tension here and a lot of the i guess this the lack of action leaves room for a lot of these conversations about the toll of this level of murder and mayhem that would happen on these human people and i thought that itself was interesting too because a lot of times you can watch like captain america kill like 40 people in a row and there's no sense of trauma or lasting impact or you know ptsd even but here they're all just like every death seems to leave a mark on these people and they're like man i've been killing people for so long like is it is it doing what i wanted it to do is it is it proving successful in any real way and i thought that was an interesting angle they took too is sort of wrestling with this idea of morality in a warrior community. See, that is not something that I need in an action movie. <laughs> I loved it. It's just so different and interesting and compelling. The the like, oh, I'm I'm having to save lives, but I'm also killing people. It's like, okay, yeah, like whatever. I mean, y- like yes in real life that is <laughs> I think that would be a thing, but uh when you're watching an action movie, I feel like for me at least, I want to see like these action scenes and not necessarily <laughs> to see people sort of, you know, anguished Wrestle about what it, they're yeah. doing necessarily. I mean, that probably says more about yeah. me than anything. I mean, it's sort of like Hunger Games, right? Like that's why I really love those books is because it does spend so much time thinking about the reality of it. Oh, but yeah. It did get a lot of like people weren't as into it because they were like, show us the Hunger Games. More death and mayhem. So I guess that's just a difference of opinion that we'll never really be. Well, the Hunger Games, I think, (laughs) does such a good job of like being, of being this like wild, campy, strange affair while also getting into the realism. Where this, I feel like, I I guess, it the premise is so interesting, and I think it's such a strong premise that maybe I just like wanted a little bit more fun interestingness to it in places, <laughs> and instead I feel like it went down sort of like a dusty uh you know army route in yeah. a couple of spots that I think it could have like I would have loved you know a sort of montage of them fighting in you know all of these different like cultures <laughs> and wars with like different outfits and you know whatever (laughs) like i would have loved that and i feel like they could have fit it in there um but i will say you know comparing this to some to like uh marvel movies and whatever like i definitely liked this a lot more than i like normal superhero Mm -hmm. movies Mm -hmm. which i feel like are giving you nothing interesting in the way of world building but also nothing interesting in the way of like (laughs) cool stunts it's just all like CG and I thought that this also had a lot of cool like practical effects in it as well Mm -hmm. which I always love when an action movie has you know like actual people doing actual things and not just you know CGI bodies uh, flying everywhere so I like that and I loved the opening sequence where she's like whips out that axe and is taking people down with that like I could have used more axe (laughs) in this movie you know I I love an action scene where somebody has like a strange weapon that they have to use (laughs) A classic is when Jason Statham had to kill a bunch of people with a hose in one of the transporter movies. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think that this mm. this for me was like when I rate all my movies on IMDb and this wasn't like a 10 rave. Oh, my gosh, obsessed. But this was a strong eight out of 10. Like, yeah. I thought it was a very good movie. It just didn't, you know, wow me in some ways. Yeah, I no, I to. see your point. It's definitely like. And I think it was intentional, so it's just a a difference of taste. But Mm -hmm. um, it definitely isn't like, yeah, extraction or even even something like I feel like you maybe are more into like these. I don't even remember them, but like those weird. Isn't there one where she like fights vampires or like the undead or something? And it's like a whole franchise and. 
the Charlize there no, no, fights no. a bunch of death. It's- it's um, it's another oh, woman. Oh, like the underworld yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Is the, that your? Oh, I've vibe? never seen those. I've never seen those. <laughs> like, that's those, what you're. How wanting dare here. you put that on me? That's what no. you're wanting. You're wanting some of that. Maybe some Aeon Flex. Honestly, maybe that's your Charlize. I mean, Theron I I, I needed more. Just like hot women in spandex. That's mainly my complaint. More cleavage, please. More more bloodbathy. Like, you know, you turn on the like rock music background and you just like murder people. You like those moments. You know, it's hard. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I do. I do love those. I I like if you're going to give me an action sequence, like give me an interesting action sequence that's doing something fun. And I think this one does have some of those in there because these people can't be killed. So it's like, you know, they get stabbed or they get shot at or whatever. And they're sort of still continuing to fight in a mode of like the human body that normally you wouldn't be able to fight in because most people would be dead at that point. So I sort of liked that element to it. And I did think that especially like the scene with the axe or the scene where the uh, towards the end where they're fighting in the lab, I thought that that had some really good sequences Mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. But overall, I didn't necessarily feel like a lot of the fight scenes were super revolutionary. And then I also like a good kind of costume change (laughs) or, you know, like something that's just a little bit more fun. And this was just not giving me like fun necessarily (laughs) in some of the ways that I think it could have. That's so interesting that you don't like Mission Impossible or Fast and the Furious based on this. uh, Well, I've never seen. Well, the only Fast and the Furious movie I've ever seen was the Hobbs and Shaw one. So Honestly, okay. TBD. Well, if you want I some, could if love you want the Fast some and the Furious changes, movie. Some glitzy like action sequences. Both Fast and the Furious and Mission Impossible definitely have some of those that would the thing be that, right up your alley. The thing with Mission Impossible is that it like takes itself just a little too seriously <laughs> for me. I know that this is all sounding ridiculous, like I'm a crazy person who's super picky, <laughs> which maybe I am, but I just I like a little bit of camp in my action movies because I feel like that is what makes an action movie good is when it sort of like knows that it's not taking itself too seriously. But then. Well, but extraction, I think, is also (laughs) doing that, isn't it? Like some of those scenes are ridiculous. That scene where he's fighting off all the kids in the alley like that's not that's like that's sort of campy, you know? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I was just surprised by how much I liked this movie. Like, I I was very invested from the get-go. I loved, like, watching um, Charlize and Kiki work it out on the airplane. I really liked the conversations. I thought the characters were just so interesting that I could take another, like, six of these movies and enjoy myself. Oh, yeah. And I think there were some choices that definitely felt like a little... Like the lab storyline, it is sort of like, would this be the smartest way to use this <laughs> opportunity to uh, test these uh, subjects? Because they get violent real quick and they get kind of abusive pretty instantly. And then you also have like some characters making choices where you're like, did you think this through? Like Booker, were you really were you really thinking about things when you, <laughs> when you chose this um, next plan of action? But... I think overall, I was just so, I mean, enamored by a lot of the little details that I think I'm just hypersensitive to as a woman who tends to love action movies, but can be very critical of their treatment of women and um, and minorities and people of color. And so this just felt, it felt so nice to have, and I knew the instant I was watching it that this was directed by a woman. The male gaze was nowhere to be found. You didn't have anyone like losing their shirt halfway through the movie or like having it rip open somewhere. Uh, there was no like tight shots of someone climbing out of a car. It was just like refreshingly indifferent to its its uh, female bodies. And I think there were just little elements like that where there was no will they, won't they romance, no awkward sexual tension the only on-screen kiss is between these two men who clearly have a very deep connection whether or not you (laughs) noticed it from the (laughs) get-go and so i got it eventually just little things like that it was just like i was so attached to the characters by the end that i was just like i would it was more like i'm so excited to see where the characters go rather than i'm so excited to watch another like action sequence again you know so i think that 
that sort of speaks to the emphasis of the film. And I think it was a purposeful choice by the director and the writer. I will say this. I think if they make a second movie, I will like it more than the first one. (laughs) Because now all of the characters are established. I feel like you know them all really well. You know the the rules to this world, which I think are really interesting. It almost sort of has... It, I hadn't really thought about this, but I think it has a little bit of like John Wickiness to it in yeah. that it is set in this world that's sort of different. And then once you establish what the rules of that world are, you can sort of like blow it out in a lot of really cool ways. Yeah. And so like spoilers, I guess, for the end of this movie. But throughout this whole movie we where Charlize is talking about this woman who used to work with her but then who got dropped in the bottom of the ocean in this steel uh coffin thing and so that she has just been down there for hundreds of years constantly drowning and dying and drowning and dying all over and over again because she can't get out but she can't die at the same time and so while I was watching it, I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, Charlize feels like, she, oh, she's aimless in the world. Like, go find this woman. Like, now that we have technology, I mean, I've seen the Titanic movie. We got to <laughs> yeah. be able to figure this out. We can find it. Yeah. <laughs> and also, they're getting visions from her. So it's like, you know, she, you, you can't, is there a coral reef? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is near her? Like, you have to be able to find her. And then also, I was thinking, like, how long can this coffin like last under the ocean Mm. before it disintegrates to some Mm. level. Like again, Mm -hmm. watching the Titanic, that was all (laughs) broken up. So this like janky coffin that some, you know, random people in the 1700s made and threw off the coast, like feels like we could find this and break it open or that she could have gotten out of it herself. Anyways, the final scene of the movie is Booker coming back to his apartment because he's sort of like exiled from the group for betraying them. And this woman is waiting there for him. And it's sort of ominous. And so I'm assuming that she's kind of like the bad guy in the second movie, which I think was also is also a cool turn because she is also immortal. So it mm-hmm. gives these people someone to fight against who's, you know, on their level and not just like a random person, not Dudley yeah. Dursley, you know, wandering right. around his in his lab coat. But also this woman feels like she has a flair for the dramatic, which is something <laughs> that I like in a villain. So I can definitely see her sort of, you know, grandstanding and, and you know, having fight scenes in like weird castles and, you know, killing people with snakes or something else that I'd be into. So whenever the second movie comes out, I will definitely be, you know, in a hurry to watch it. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm excited. I hope. I mean, I can't imagine them not doing a new one, but I hope so. I mean, this was very much like the last 15 minutes was all setting up a sequel. Yeah. So at the very least, they were planning on it, well, it pending this always, doing well. It doesn't always work and it out. Seems like, know, run was and canceled, it, but it seems like Run was canceled. Oh, Run was canceled? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. I know. R.I.P. R.I.P. Oh, So many places that <laughs> that could have gone. <laughs> but luckily the old guard has proven to have a much larger audience. So it would be pretty bonkers for Netflix to not want at least one more movie with Charlize Theron if they could get her. Well, also Charlize likes doing these action movies. She keeps signing up for them. And then they don't have, like, you know, the other movies that she's been in, I feel like haven't had sequels for whatever reason. Like there hasn't been a new Mad Max. There hasn't been a new... um, atomic blonde so it's like if they're offering her another action movie it i feel like it makes more sense for her to sign up for the old guard 2 the older guard (laughs) or uh rather than do just a whole nother random action movie yeah no i i mean she even admitted that she's disappointed that george miller's going with a young a prequel furiosa so she has a little gap in her heart and i think this is the perfect vehicle for her to continue to to headline so i'm assuming that you're saying that this is a now and not a later or an ever i have literally like started watching it again today so i'm like all in on this i'm gonna get some old guard merch like you know i'm gonna just like this is my future it's i'm gonna figure out ways to tie it into every holiday and uh, birthday i guess i don't even know what that looks like (laughs) 
<laughs> gonna start buying people axes be, or something. A lot of baklava and um, oh yeah. yeah, that was a weird <laughs> plot point that Charlize she Theron's character is obsessed with baklava. Yeah, but like it looked very fresh all over the place, and there. And I think that was another thing that set me off is that scene at the beginning where she's like eating the baklava and they're playing this weird game where like she says the ingredients aloud or whatever because she has such a good palate or something that that was a little overacted and a little weird. (laughs) And so I was I had my hackles up from that moment. And I think it took me a little while to get used to it. Okay, whatever. She does this thing where she like sort of like leans back on the couch. is like it's the one "Mm, game they have. uh, It's the one joy um, they have. Rose water, and they're like, "Oh no, you're so good at guessing the ingredients in this baklava that I dragged halfway across the country." I was like, "Baklava is not going to taste good if you had just dragged it from, you know, Palestine or whatever." Wow. Like, no. Okay, triggered. Sorry. <laughs> Bakery goods do not taste good the next day. Like that freshness is an imperative. Mm. And then at some point later, she has it on her dashboard while she's driving to the desert. And I was like, where'd you get that from? You can find baklava anywhere. So what's your point? Define anywhere. <laughs> the Sudanese desert is a big baklava sales well, you place. Know, you do your research. And if you can't find baklava there, then I'll, I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a t- trick. <laughs> I would say that this is also a now. I mean, it's corn. It's Corona. So what else do you have to be watching? In the real world, this might be a later, but now in the Corona world, I think it's the now. (laughs) Okay. Well, what's the, what rapid fire questions do you got? Okay. So you also saw Palm Springs, correct? The Andy Samberg movie. Mm -hmm. Would you rather (laughs) live the same day over and over and over again, a la Palm Springs or would you rather live for eternity like the characters in the old you stole guard? my question. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> ah. um, I would rather. I, it's tough. I think both of them have major cons. And one, you know, being immortal means you have to watch everyone you love die over and over and over again. But the other one is that you can't make any impact whatsoever. So I think ultimately I choose the old guard way of life. My thought on this really comes down to this fact of if I have to be a warrior or not. (laughs) Because if I have to spend my life going around like fighting people, then I think I'd rather go the Palm Springs route. (laughs) But that makes sense. That checks out. But I think, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely get to do a lot more and see a lot more stuff if you go the old guard route um you know because yeah with you Palm could probably Springs, you only have a day you could probably defect and just become a lazy uh, ever-living hermit you know i guess but they're gonna find me because we have the same you, dreams well they can't kill you so what are they gonna do i guess that's true i guess that's you know true. they'll just i mean you. honestly though i think the key to either one is just having good people with you it's yeah. like once andy samberg got his girlfriend in the cave right. then that was more fun and then again like the lovers in old guard seemed yeah. much more unfazed by this time <laughs> yeah. uh, that they were alive where poor charlie's just felt miserable so yeah. maybe this goes to charlie's should get a a boyfriend in the next well movie. i think it's pretty i mean maybe you, your gaydar's die. off but i'm i felt some like queer undertones to her relationship with her bff um slash fellow witch oh well oh yes well yeah yeah yeah, i also although i think probably if you were stuck with someone for well i guess maybe not. yeah i mean who knows maybe you know maybe she she is but it just doesn't like booker or yeah yeah who knows (laughs) could have been the other guy i thought you were gonna say that she had something going on with kiki lane and i was like (laughs) i did not pick up on that at all no just a great female friendship Okay, okay, so since you had concerns with baklava, what food would you become obsessed with over a millennia? And that would be your thing. Uh, I mean, honestly, love Slurpees, but they were, <laughs> they haven't been around that long. So that's... <laughs> well, I mean, you'd be starting from now. So maybe Slurpees will continue to evolve. Oh, that's true. Um, so there's that. Let me think about what other foods I'm really into. 
I mean, probably chicken, chicken tenders, mm-hmm. chicken tenders, yeah. chicken nuggets. You know, you do like I'm very well versed in yeah. the New York chicken tender scene. <laughs> like I can I know all the places. I can tell you what's good and what's not. So yeah. this this place by my apartment in Queens, I don't know whether it was because of Corona or just for whatever other reason, they changed their chicken tender recipe. And I was like, guys. I'm going to stop coming here if you're going to serve me this. Like, these are not as good as what they originally were. So what did they say? Well, I didn't actually <laughs> tell them that. I was just in my head. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you won't know I didn't want to berate the. I didn't want to berate the poor worker who I'm sure is like, I don't care. I'm not in charge. <laughs> yeah. I but think... I was like, I'll come back after Corona. And if this isn't resolved, then yeah, in your you're heart, dead to yeah. me. Sure. I think I would choose to become, I think tacos, like, you know, some variation of the taco, uh, the tortilla sandwich, I think would be a good choice to really invest in because so many different cultures do it differently and you, you'd have a lot of but different experiences. Is that too big of a, of a category? Oh, no, you know, I'd there's be like so many it, different you know? things. I'd be able to be like, oh yeah, this tacos from... You know, you're like, oh, this feels like a (laughs) cornstarch. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. If you were to live like, okay, so let's say you're Charlize or whatever, and you've been around for thousands of years, which period in history would you have least wanted to live through? Oh, my gosh. Honestly, probably that like Puritan witch hunt uh, era. I just nothing seemed fun then. You know, there was no there's nothing fun happening. You were just like struggling to survive in some new I mean, I guess I don't know. It seemed like maybe they were more in Europe during the 1400s. I don't know. <laughs> Hard to say. That felt like a terrible life decision yeah. on their part. Yeah. To go to a witch hunt yeah. and try to save people during that. It's like, clearly you're, <laughs> you've got you're this. Ma- like, it's, yeah. yes, this, yeah, this is not going to take long. Yeah. Like, no, this was a stupid choice. <laughs> And also, honestly, I think I'd probably be pretty good in a witch hunt. Oh my like, gosh! Like finding it witches? feels well. It feels like a uh, sort of like a a political, um, you know, like gossip mongery yeah. sort of environment that I think I could Ew. you know do well in. <laughs> Evil! Oh my gosh! That's well, not something I'm proud of. I think I'd be better at that than I would be some of these like brute force, <laughs> you know, type. Whatever it takes to survive, I guess, Matt. Like, sure, throw some women under the bus. Point your fingers as long as it's not back at you. I mean, I'd just be going after everybody, (laughs) men, women, whoever I didn't want. But, I mean, do you think I'd live longer in a witch hunt scenario or in the Crusades? Maybe you should question, like, your, you know, the quality of life rather than the quantity. Like, do you want to be the person who just turns people in because it's easy to to accuse other people of being witches. I think the the witch hunt life you're like sort of out in the <laughs> out like in the farmland, you're like a pilgrim or whatever. That doesn't feel as bad it, to me as being like in the mm. trenches during World War 1 or something. I don't know, honestly. I just think it would have sucked to be a woman then. It would have there's no fun. Like imagine being, I don't know if they were in America, but Puritan, you know, I think 1600s, they were in England like somewhere. freaking die like that's just like a hell on earth like the witch you know the movie no thanks i'm not into that i'd rather suffer through any other war i think than, than i was gonna say that. medieval i think would be the worst really where it's like everything's just muddy <laughs> and and there and like horses and you're wearing yeah. all of this clothes and armor and it's hot and it's sweaty and everybody has acne and body odor <laughs> like ugh. at but least you got shakespeare it, at least, at least the witches seem like you know you're sort of like out in the open air, you know. Right. I, I guess I don't, I think they still had acne and mud and well, and yeah, body I'm sure odor. they had acne and mud and body odor, but it feels like it was maybe less. You know, you could also there was more like natural beauty involved mm, with that. Yeah, for we're sure. being stuck like in trapped in a castle, <laughs> you know, where people are throwing their poop out the window. No, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Very interesting. Um, so what do you think? How would you react if you watched your friend die and then they woke up the next day? Would you turn into a total biatch? <laughs> I think that I would honestly just mostly be questioning myself. Yeah. 
I don't, yeah, because in this movie, Kiki Lane gets her throat slit and then, like, wakes back up fine. And her friends are totally rude about it. They, like, go t- so yeah. cold and they just ignore her and it's totally judgmental and I was not here for that energy. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited you're alive. Also, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I thought you got your throat slit yesterday, but like clearly it must have been like you got hit in the head and like a ketchup bottle fell in your neck or something. Like, my bad, but you're doing great now. So excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like I thought that storyline in particular would have would have gone a different way, but I kept waiting for it to be like someone like and then that was unresolved nobody yeah yeah, no one came back and killed them for us um we see we could have set them up in a witch hunt (laughs) environment they could have been the next one on the chopping block so just saying definitely would have accused her of witchcraft they were definitely oh well yeah well because she is a witch (laughs) so you know that tracks what so old guard 2 is coming out they're casting a hot new member of the squad who is immortal who is it going to be you know i think it would be i think it would be fun to have like i want to say someone older where you're like what we've given we've been given someone not in the prime of their life for once like this isn't fun but then it turns out that she can really hold her own so maybe someone like who am I thinking? Like maybe it's like, like Helen Mirren. Yeah, I feel like she makes sense. Um, plus, Shirley Theron's worked with her before, so a little, a little <laughs> Fast and the Furious reunion is overdue. So maybe they, maybe her, maybe her. Yeah, someone like her. I think I'm went a different route with. Okay. What if it's someone who's like very not qualified, but we have <laughs> to like keep her along, and we got Alexis from Shit's Creek. <laughs> How good would she be? Just throw her in the mix. I think it would add a lot of fun to this movie that it sort of needed. It would definitely change the tone. So if that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, either Alexis or David, honestly. Anyone yeah, from that cast. Truly. Eugene, yeah. Moira. You know, throw them Moira. In. Yeah. There you go. And that and that is the older person, yeah. too. You're going to have the full cast. Like, it'll be a crossover event. Yes. Uh, wow. And 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 the costume changes that I'm looking for. If we go with Moira Rose, <laughs> yeah. the wigs, the the yeah. reveals. Yeah, mm, I like this movie more already. Do you think it'd be harder to become immortal now or in uh in the, like the olden days, like eighteen? Oh, now, one hundred percent now, because there's just so much. Like in the olden days. I mean, so I'm reading this book, The Vanishing Half, which you recommended Mm -hmm. to me. Um, And it's these these twins who are black and then but they're very light skinned. And so one of them decides that she's just going to be a white person instead. So she like moves and and starts basically a whole life. And I was thinking you you couldn't do that physically today because Mm. like you'd need you know documentation and you know there's social media like it'd be easier for someone else to find you it would be harder for you to get a job like it's so much harder to sort of be off the radar now we're back we're even back like in the 1940s and 50s you know it's like you could easily show up into a town and say that you were something and people would (laughs) believe you or or not believe you but like they had no way of checking anything there was no database yeah but i guess i meant like you know at least if you die, if you became immortal now, you could like easily check up on people you love without having to like miss them or worry about them. Like you could just check their Facebook, you know, have a Well, I think and, like, I feel like in. the move though is to just is to spend time with them for a while, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and especially back in the olden days, like how long are people going to live? Not <laughs> that long. And you can sort of look, you know, it's like, sure, you'd look suspiciously young, but whatever. And then you can easily move around to different areas and be like, OK, I'm going to spend 15 years in China. OK, now I'm going to yeah. go to Russia. OK, now I'm going to do this. And you can move around and it would be easy. Where now it's like if I spent if I became immortal and was going to go someplace, like where would I go? And I would have to use my same ID or like get a fake ID of some, like there's just a lot of steps you have to jump through. A little complicated. And I was also trying to think when I was watching this, what is the easiest way to somehow convert this immortality into being rich? And I really could not find a way that was quick. So 
I think that even though you're immortal, mm. you're still going to have to like work and stuff, which is annoying. That's true. I mean, I guess you'd be able to learn stuff long term. But yeah, there's not a quick rich scheme. Where I feel like a lot of other superpowers, you know, you could like waylay it into easily like stealing yeah, money or yeah, something. But I think this would be that. hard. Right. Yeah. That makes sense for you. Okay, Shelby, <laughs> let's try to paint me in a worse light. Yeah. Well, Do you have I any mean, other it's a, no, it's a, it's a good, it's a good movie. And um, whether you like some <laughs> choices or not, now you have all the answers you need to figure out if this is up your alley. But um, you can also find us on social media. We're at PSU Wrong on Twitter and Instagram. And um, yeah, send us your thoughts via email at PSUwrong at gmail.com. Or write us a review. Let it help us celebrate our 100th episode coming up. And next week, something tells me that we're probably going to be addressing the old guard again (laughs) because we are doing our top 10 movies of 2020 so far, which in a normal year, you know, there'd be lots of fun things that we saw in the theaters. This year, it's a little bit more slim picking, but I think that that will make for some more interesting (laughs) lists and us highlighting some films that maybe we wouldn't normally highlight. So. I'm excited to wow Shelby with a top 10 list that she is going to truly think is heinous, I'm sure. I don't know. Honestly, I was looking. It'll just be anyone's guess. I just, it's, yeah, 2020. I think I've watched about 30 movies this year, which is not as many, I think, as maybe at this point last year, but it's also a lot more than I thought I had watched. So. I'll have to dig through my streaming history and figure out which ones I saw. I'm through. sure you've, I bet you've watched more than me because I feel like you watch more, you I know. watched a lot of TV though is the thing. I don't feel like there's true. a ton of movies that have come out, but I'm sure I'm forgetting some that I, that I truly want to forget, but maybe one of them has managed to claw its way to the top 10. So we'll have well, to and see. If you've only seen 10 movies, then it's all of them, you know, the wrong yeah. Missy right there. Oh dear. We'll have to see. Okay, well, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye.